This is Tales from the Pros, where business leaders and influencers share their stories of inspiration, struggles, and successes. And I'm your host, Michael Giorgio. Hey everyone, welcome to Tales from the Pros on this beautiful Friday. Actually, I don't know how beautiful it is. It's kind of raining outside, but it's okay. It we do have a blood moon. That's true. There's a blood moon. Blood Moon. Blood Moon. Yeah. Blood Moon. Uh, this is Michael Giorgio, your host and co-founder of Imagine Ovation. I have a very special guest with me here today. His name is Matthew Bergens, who was commissioned as an officer in the U.S. Army and was stationed at Fort Bragg, North Carolina, with the infamous 82nd Airborne Division. And in late 2015, Matt was diagnosed with cancer. He went through multiple surgeries and radiation and was later medically retired from the Army and Matt seeks to attend medical school with hopes to helping children fight cancer, as he did himself. Which takes us here today on how he founded Balakura, which is basically one-of-a-kind dance festival connecting the power of dance to cancer patients and the med- in the medical community. The proceeds from Balakura get donated to the University of North Carolina's Lineberger Comprehensive Cancer Center for Cancer Research and Treatment. Matt, thanks for being here today, man. I really appreciate it. I know you're super busy, man. So Thank you for having me, Michael. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. So, Matt, you know, me and you have known each other for over two years now. Has it yeah, been it's, two years? it's been longer than that, I think. Has I think it? it's, it's going on three. Wow. It's been and, a while. Uh, Time flies, huh? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, we've, you know, gotten good, become good friends, and um, now I'm involved in, in Balakura since, you know, since the first year of the event, being on the, on the committee. So, really want to do this episode on Tales from the Pros and getting the word out there about your story and your purpose behind Balakura and your struggle with when you had cancer and that first phone call that you got from the doctors and how you overcame it and just really the inspiration behind this amazing event. Uh, so with that being said, uh, in this episode, I want to take a deeper dive into letting the world know about your journey to Balakura, as I mentioned before. So can you tell us what happened leading up to finding out that you were diagnosed with cancer? How did that, what happened? Okay, so you can cut anything. <laughs> so yeah, so long story short, I was, uh, you know, an army officer at Fort Bragg, and during a routine checkup, um, the PA for my battalion had palpated, had felt, you know, my neck, and you get a, you get a lot of medical tests because you know the army has to create have a red, readily deployable force, mm-hmm. and the PA felt a bump on my neck, and. Later that night, actually, I was immediately scheduled for an ultrasound. At the time, I didn't know ultrasounds were anything but pregnancies. <laughs> but, really? Yeah, I didn't know. I never wow. had an ultrasound before that. Uh, but they scheduled it for 2 a.m. And so I got off work, woke up at 1, headed to Womack, got an ultrasound. Uh, the next day, I was in the office of uh, my PA, who then referred me to the ENT um, physician at at Womack who then referred me to UNC uh, at the ENT clinic there mm-hmm. um, met with Dr. Patel he was he's an amazing amazing physician uh, saved my life and uh, I mean a long, long story short I you know eventually had to remove the mask throughout my neck and where, and where was it? it was so right here so I have as you can tell us uh, a, a nice yeah, scar yeah, yeah. and so I had a a three by six centimeter mat. It was huge, wow. but you couldn't see it though. That was what was weird. It was yeah. it was so big, um, but the cancer had metastasized, so it was it was all through. Of course, I didn't know this at the time, mm-hmm. but um, I when I got referred to UNC and I met with the doctor, the doctor you know kind of said, hey, you know, it could be anything from cancer <laughs> to you know just a benign growth. We really mm-hmm. don't know until we take it out. Because um, there's a you know with the arteries and the veins they didn't really want to um, it wasn't in a good place for them to, to right. biopsy it so I did what any twenty something year old would do and put off the surgery because I wanted to do some training <laughs> nice and so when I got out of the training got back um, removed it and two weeks later found out it was it was cancer and, and what was, what stage was it at when you found out. Um, I think it was stage two because it was diffused throughout my neck, but the staging is a little, it it depends on the type of cancer, also Mm -hmm. how old you are, Um, but I believe it was stage stage two. Wow. So when you found out it was cancer, like what, what did the emotion, what were the emotions 
um, that you that you had? I mean, what were the feelings and the emotions that you had? Were you kind of did you already jump to conclusion like, oh man, this this is this is it, or did you not? Did you have, did you kind of just <laughs> you slow your train of thought a little bit and be like, hey, it's okay, I'll, I'll be fine. You know, that's How that's, that a, that's a really good question. Um, it's weird because you know when you're told, hey, you have cancer. Uh, you remember certain things about that day in vivid detail. And then there's other things that I have no idea what transpired. So what happened was I was at the a follow-up um, outpatient surgery and they're just checking to see how you know the scar was healing and whatnot and to get the pathology back. Yeah. Um, so the doctor brought me in the room, sat down and you know checked it, make sure it was healing well, and and then said you know I, the pathology came back and said you had cancer. Um, I think we talked for about 20 or 30 minutes after that where he did talked about treatments and, and you know what it means. But honestly, beyond you have cancer, I didn't hear a single other word. Wow. Um, and I'm pretty sure there's a lot of patients that probably would feel they had very similar experiences. Once you kind of hear it, you just you kind of block everything out after that and you really just focus on that phrase. So, so when you found out, and I know you're kind of going through all these different emotions, did it? Did you go straight to treatment? Was it uh, was it all, all immediate, or they came up with a plan for you? How did that kind of transpire? How did that so happen? they scheduled a, another surgery. Um, they had to do a, some more scans and mm-hmm. testings to figure out the the full extent of where the cancer had spread. Um, they had to do some genetic testing to see what kind of mutations were in it. They, um, but eventually, I think. A month or two, a month and a half later, then I had some more surgeries, um, and then after that, I had radiation, and and then I had a year and a half later another surgery um, to get some cancer that had, you know, we didn't got it all. So, and what were what were really the, the treatments like during the entire process? So you were doing, I mean, you were going through the entire treatment for over a year. Um. So it was. Think three different surgeries, um, and then the type of radiation I had wasn't the type that you normally see, where you know there's there's a, a machine or something that yeah, yeah, blasts yeah, yeah. radiation. But I actually I actually ingested radiation. So the type of radiation I, I there was a radioactive di- um, radioactive iodine, mm-hmm. and you you ingest it, and then the the because of the type of cancer I have, the radiation would travel to this cancer cells and would kill them. So I had I drank or swallowed a pill of radiation, which is really weird when you think about it. I remember um, right after you do it, so you, you you go downstairs and then they have the you know the radiation room where the, behind this you know really yeah. really heavy door, and you walk in. I was think I was in like flip flops and you know gym shorts, <laughs> and the guys in this full hazmat suit, and I'm like, should I be in here right now? <laughs> and so they pull this little pill out, kind of like the Matrix, and um, they make you swallow it. And then when the I walked pill, out. The blue pill. Yeah, and when I walked out, there was a, a guy with a Geiger counter, and he pointed it at me, and it went, <laughs> so that was a very weird experience, to say the least. I remember I had to go home after that and stay isolated for a, a couple days or a week or so, and when I did that, uh, on the ride home from Chapel Hill to, to Fort Bragg, where mm-hmm. I was still living at the time, um, I played the song... Um, Radioactive the whole whole ride home because I was radioactive. <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> that's crazy, man. I, I like it. Um, so you know, you're going through the entire process, and and was it something that so you had to go through all this radiation? But I mean, there's a lot more treatments than that, isn't there? It's not just the radiation because I, I don't know enough about it, so that's why I want to know. So it really, it really depends on the type of cancer, and and now that I'm interested in oncology, so right. I've. Honestly, I, I had a political science and Spanish majors in college and tried to avoid taking any biology and chemistry class I possibly could because mm-hmm. it just wasn't my interest. Um, but now I'm grossly fascinated with pathology, with uh, oncology, with the concept of cancer and, and the mutations that happen. Yeah. And uh, for there's it's, it's hard to explain without getting into too much details of the biology of it, but no cancer is alike. Every cancer is different. So we talk about the word cancer, but realistically, it depends on the type of cell that it, that it 
became malignant from. Mm -hmm. So for instance, a brain cancer is going to be very different from lung cancer, which is going to be different from prostate cancer. And so depending on the type of cell also depends on the treatment. So all the treatments are different depending on the type. Now some, now depending on, you know, maybe it might be the same treatment depending on the cancer, it might be the same chemotherapy regimen. Um, but there's a vast variety of different treatment options. And of course your goal is to uh, kill the cancer while doing as little harm to the patient as well. So that there's a lot of things that are taken into consideration. And um, because we've advanced so far within, within treatments for cancer, there's been tons of research that has gone in to, to try to ride that line between killing the cancer, getting rid of it, and then also doing as, as little damage to, to the person. And so with you learning so much about just cancer and you going through it and overcoming it, what are your thoughts on cancer research? Because we know by La Cura, you know, all proceeds, everything goes back to, to UNC Cancer Research but uh, for children. But what are your thoughts on the, the validity of, of everyone kind of donating everything back to cancer research? And I'm sure you've done so much research on that. What, do you, what are your kind of thoughts on that? So I, I think the, the research behind it is imperative. Mm -hmm. um, so if you, if you look at medicine as it's progressed over centuries uh, – Cancer was thought of. I, so there's this book that that I'm, I was very fascinated in that I read when I was a patient before I really truly understood biology and 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 um, cancer itself. Yeah. But it was called The Emperor of All Maladies, and the reason why I like this book is because it wasn't just a tale of the progress of research, mm. but what what the author did was he spoke about cancer from the view of the patients as it progressed throughout from antiquity all the way to where we're at now and cancer in, in the past was very very poorly understood what it actually was and yeah. and they used to do the, these gross resections where they would they would basically take out so much tissue but they didn't understand that once it's metastasized it's throughout the body and um, just by removing the tumor, you're not going to really prolong quality of life for that much longer. Um, and then chemotherapy came out, which is just chemical. It's a toxin that kills, it's, it, it's, that kills healthy tissue as well as cancerous tissue. It's very non-selective. It just kills. Mm -hmm. um, and the first chemotherapy that came out was horrible. And they, and doctors at the time were honestly trying to figure out where that line was they didn't want to give too much because it would kill the patient but they didn't want to give too little because they wouldn't get rid of the cancer cells and it would just come right back um, so this took a lot of time to really understand not only the morphology of it but also the pathophysiology of it and in modern days we've made great strides to be able to cure cure cancer what i mean by cure is to, to get rid of all the cancer cells um, I'm going to try not to go into too much of the biology. No, it's of good, it, man. I mean, but... It seems like you have a doctor in this stuff. It's crazy what you learned. <laughs> it, it is. If you would have, if you would have asked me a couple of years ago yeah. that I would be applying to medical school, I would have probably told you that you were crazy. And now I, I honestly can't see how I couldn't see it. Yeah. Because in in the reality of it, most people join the military for a couple of reasons. Um, but the majority of people, I would argue, just from my experiences being in the military, is people want to serve. People are patriotic and they love their family, they love their country, and they, they want to serve. And so whether you're doing that wearing a military uniform or you're doing that wearing a white coat, at the end of the day, you're serving people. Mm -hmm. um, but to kind of get back to your question and not digress too much, cancer treat the research for cancer is super important. Not only will treat the research for advancing understanding the basic biology of cancer improve health but as we there's the advent of uh, immunotherapy which you're using the immune system you're reprogramming the immune system to kill the cancer you are um, there's gene therapy where you have a mutation within a gene and they're going in and they're able to cut out that mutated part and Jeez. insert the correct copy so wow. all of these things 
all these all this research into understanding how to cure cancer will not only save people's lives save cancer cancer patients lives but it's not simply just for cancer all those things can be applied to various other diseases that have nothing to do with cancer um whether it's um understanding viruses whether it's understanding um parkinson's or hodgkin or any any of these any other diseases, understanding how we can edit genes. There's so many diseases that come from mutations in genes. And so if we continue our research, we can, we can save people. And that's, that's the ultimate goal is, mm-hmm. is to help humanity, help humankind. Absolutely. And I, I think it's, I mean, my, you know, my aunt died from, from cancer, breast cancer at 36 years old. And she was going through it with, you know, for over three years, I think. Um, and she even did holistic, um, um, you know, treatment and everything and, and nothing worked, you know, it just kept, kept, kept in going, you know, sorry to hear that, man. Yeah. It just kept basically destroying her body and it was, uh, yeah, it, was, it was really tough, but, um, you know, with all that being said, there's a lot of, it seems like with the more cancer research, the more funding we get into it and everything like that, it, it'll help with a lot of prevention, not just yes. understand the prevention of it, you know, cause we always catch it after, but we have to understand like there's prevention of what we eat, how we take care of ourselves. Dancing, for example, we can get, get to Balakun in a little bit, but I think all that is so vital. And we, I, I think we kind of take it for granted because we don't realize, we don't realize the, 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 the impact of something until it happens to us. You notice that? We never think about beforehand. Yeah. So I think all this with you, know, with you doing Balakura and everything, it's just going to help prevention and understanding how to, how to um, you know, uh, basically prevent anything bad that happens to our bodies. You know, and even when I was 25, I had heard the word cancer, but at that time I really hadn't been personally affected Mm -hmm. at that point. So I heard the word, but I truly didn't understand what it was. I was 25 years old. So there's still so much information that we, in education that, that I feel we need to do, not only for the treatment side, which I would akin to reactivity, but also being proactive as well. So right. eating well, getting sleep, resting, exercising, being proactive and taking care of your health will is just as important as you know having um, a disease and being able to um, you know fight against it. So and no. fix it. So no, I, d- I definitely agree. And research goes into not just the um, you know, reactive side on, on how, but also understanding, okay, well, if, you know, this is the mechanism that goes awry, then is it possible that we can figure out how to prevent that mechanism from going awry? So there's prevention as well, which ultimately, I, I wish that we could get to a point where people just didn't have cancer. Now, I understand that's probably um, a vision that is impossible to be achieved. Yeah. However, why not? Why not shoot for the stars? So Matt, when you've been, you know, you went through the entire struggle um, and it was, I, I can't, I, I, I mean, you're explaining it to me, but it's so hard for me to even imagine like, man, what if I ever get cancer? I know we shouldn't think that way, but you always have that fear. Everyone kind of like, it was, you always have this fear of something bad happening to you, right? Um, especially cancer and you hear all these, you know, crazy stories and, um, but with you going through that journey and you overcoming it, what were your, I mean... What's, what's your kind of expectation of life moving forward now? The, has your mindset changed? Has your, you know, are, are you spiritually different, physically different? Like, how do you think now? Is it, do you value life that much more that? I always, I always wanted to know that because I, I mean, knock on wood, I haven't been through it. But I always want to know what, you know, you know that, what that's like. That is an amazing, that's a great question. Um, I mean, there's, there's so much I want to say. But it, it really, it's, really, it's really summarized in a couple points. Yeah. One, um, when I was younger, I definitely, I'm pretty sure just like every other 20 something year old felt a little bit of invincible in life. Mm -hmm. And that was really a wake up call to realize that I wasn't invincible. And, you know, I would say probably, I don't think I've ever actually admitted this to anybody and definitely will never admit it to myself, but I probably had, you know, mild depression as I was going through it. You know, I stopped working out as much. To the point of uh, two months after radiation, 
I had stopped working out, I had stopped going rock climbing, doing all the things I love. So at like three o'clock in the morning, I signed up for my first marathon <laughs> and, and wow. ran it the next, the next month without training. I just went ahead and did it because I was trying to prove to myself that nothing had changed. Post-cancer, I was trying to convince myself that I can still live the exact same life before, before it. But it wasn't until that I accepted that everything had changed that my mm -hmm. life started to heal. So I would say the first thing that I, I did was accept that I had to move on from here. And that was so powerful for me. Once I accepted that my life was never going to be the same again, that, that, I, you know, that I had to accept how things happened with the military. Um, because nobody wants to be medically retired. Nobody wants you, – you romanticize your service a little bit. You don't want to go out because I had cancer. You know, that's right. – that's, not how I wanted my, my service to end, but that's what happened. And so I just, you have to accept it and you got to keep moving on. Um, and once I did that, I started telling myself, Matt, every morning when you wake up, the first thing you're going to do is you're going to smile. And that was so powerful. Love I started it. doing that and my day flipped around. Um, I had started dancing more. I started investing into passions again. And that's where, you know, I started to meet you and I met, you know, Jenny and Daryl and all the other people that, mm -hmm. you know, are a part of, of the team because realistically by La Cura, it, it's not just a bunch of people that are working and throwing on a festival. It's a bunch of friends that, I mean, that's how we're all connected is yeah. we are a true community of friends that care about each other. And through cancer, I gained y'all as friends, and so in a way, I'm I'm thankful for it because I didn't I didn't have that beforehand, and now I do, and I I can't imagine my life without it. Um, it's crazy how you embrace life. Sometimes you go through these things, and we all struggle in different ways, right? But oh, for sure, these, everybody these, struggles. These different obstacles and struggles and barriers in life, they it, it's like it gives us new. It's like a just a new eye opener on. Every, you know, when you wake up every day, you're like, man, I'm, I'm alive, I'm blessed, I'm healthy. Wow, this is, you know. But it's, sometimes it's a shame that we have to go through these things, even things that are, not, that are out of our control, to make us realize that. You, you know, know? I, I'm, I'm glad you said that because there's something that I – so when I was in college, uh, I, like I said, I was a political science major. Mm -hmm. And one of the philosophies that I absolutely loved was Epictetus. Have you ever heard of him? I think, yeah, I have. Yeah. So it was, a, it was a, I think, a Greek philosopher. Or, don't quote me if I'm wrong. Uh, well, I'm Greek, so I have to he, say I, I've heard of him. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he wrote the Enchideron, and he found – so have you ever heard, you've heard when people call them somebody, hey, he's a Stoic person. She's a Stoic person. Yeah, right? I, I've heard that. Yeah. So what does Stoic mean to you, for instance? Stoic? Yeah. How would you define stoic? I would... For me, stoic would be kind of like a little bit heroic, kind of uh, just empowered, feel strong and mighty. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, and, and what that stems from is... Uh, he, now, he, this philosophy of stoicism, I'm going to very... I'm going to summarize it because it's there's a lot of complicated tissue but at the at the end of the day he Epictetus divided the world into two camps things that you can control and things that you can't it's the world is as simple as that so for instance yeah. Michael I'll never be able to control your opinion of me I can try to form it by telling you what I think you want to hear I can try to uh, you know, give you money. I could try to do whatever, but at the end of the day, your thoughts are your thoughts, and I have no control over them. Mm -hmm. That's something that I can't control. Same thing with getting cancer. Uh, you can try to control it by eating well. You can try to control it by being physically fit. But in the ra reality of it, you can't control it. Um, there's things that you can control, like my thoughts and my actions and how I treat people and what I choose to do with my life and when I wake up, if I want to smile or not or have a frown. Um, and Epictetus believed that the key to happiness in life, which realistically, that's, that's the purpose of everybody. If you want to be happy, you want right. to have a happy life, um, you have to embrace the things you can control and truly let go of the things you can't. Love it. And when you can – now, I'm still learning how to do this. <laughs> I think we all are, I, 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 I think don't think anybody are. will truly ever yeah. let go of things they can't control. No. But 
once you start to realize and embrace the fact that you just can't control it and you just let it go and focus on the things you can, life changes instantaneously. And it's almost like a ray of sunshine poking through the clouds after a rainy day. And it's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And, and this, this is perfect because this goes into my next question. So with people that will be listening to this episode, um, I'm hoping you know people will really be inspired by this, even uh, especially ones that are going through cancer struggle um, and ones that even overcame it. So do you have any advice or tips to people that are, are going through it? You know, mentally, things that they can really just be mindful of. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the first thing I would say is that um, talk about it because I tried to do it all alone at first. I tried to deal with it. I didn't want to burden my family and my friends with my own cancer struggle, which is idiot is dumb just there's no other way to put it i you have to you cannot survive life without other people um so i had to learn that it's okay to talk about it it's okay to share my struggles it's okay to ask for help um that's something that i really had to learn and i I lost a lot of relationships because i pushed people away including romantic relationships and just friendships because i wanted to survive on Myself, I didn't want to ask anybody, ask anybody for help. So I would say that it's okay, be accepted. It's okay to ask for help. Uh, I had a friend that once told me that a bank that only gives out loans will go broke. A bank that never accepts deposits. And so sometimes hmm. you have to receive. You can't always be the giver. And I had to learn how to receive. I had to learn how to ask for help. And once I did that, it strengthened the relationship because it wasn't a one-way street. It was a two-way street. And I would say that was the first thing. And then honestly, the the second thing goes right back to stoicism. There's things out of your control and you just focus on what you can through. You can do. You know, you're going to have treatments and you're going to have a long road ahead of you. But don't, don't let that stop you from living life. So I, I think those are probably the, the two most, for me at least, the two most important things is to ask for help when you need it and also don't let it stop you from living life. Still focus on you. Still do what you want to do. If you want to take a trip, go take a trip. Go visit the world. Go travel the world. Embrace your friends. Go dancing. Who cares if it's till midnight on a <laughs> Tuesday? Go anyways and catch up on sleep another day. <laughs> Love it, man. Yeah, that's, that's great advice. I think that's going to help a lot of people, man. Really, thanks for sharing all that, Matt. So this leads to Balakura. Let's talk a little bit about the event. So let's do it. What was the initial trigger? I mean, yeah, you over you you went through you went through crazy struggles. You went through cancer and 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 you battled it. You overcame it, which I'm you know it's just it's unbelievable. I love hearing stories like that. So what was the initial trigger that you had to start this event? So how did it? Great, great question. So. Bailacuda started as an idea on the beach. <laughs> so Idea on the beach? Idea on the beach. So Port City Salsa Splash, run by our friends um, at Wilmington Latin Dance. Yeah. It was at Port City Salsa Splash, I think this was 2016, I believe, right? right? Two years ago? I think I think two years ago. We're sitting on the beach talking with some friends, yeah. and I made the all-hand joke, uh, what if you know there was one of these festivals that you know donated all their money at the end of it for cancer research or something and i kind of just made this offhand side comment and my friend looked at me and said you won't that was it and so i did well i should say we did because honestly i haven't done i couldn't have done any of this without my by myself it took you know i've i think we're up to what 17 people on our, our organization team now 17 people and it all started yeah. with... Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. A big committee. A handful. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it started on the beach. And then we took a couple months and we really thought about what that what it would look like. Um, then in December, we announced it. And that's where... I you was know, there. Yeah, that I remember that. You were there. And mm-hmm. that's when we first talked uh, about, about Bailacura and getting you involved. And then it's just 
it's just exponentially grown from here on out. And, and now we're a 501c3 and it's, it's, it's great. It's great. We, and you know, we, none of us have really, I hate quote, you know, putting quotes in this cause I never want to say never, but, uh, I haven't heard of a dance festival that all proceeds go to cancer research. Yeah. Um, I'm sure maybe there is something out there, but we've never heard of anything like that. So that's also, that makes the event very unique. And you know? what's also unique is this is is to our spe- uh, specific dance community because there's thousands of people across the United States that love salsa, love bachata, that love Latin dance. And you know, there's every weekend there's a congress in New York or in Texas or California, or Florida, um, but none of them were in, are a nonprofit that donate their money to cancer research. And so that's where we are unique and that's where we stepped in. But the beautiful part is, and this is where it's just, it's absolutely amazing to see what a community can do is as we've started to grow, I've made connections Well, as, as an organization, we've made connections with these other congresses who I said, you know what, that is an amazing cause. And our festival, well, here, take, take a couple tickets, donate it, raffle it off, raise more money. Our festival is going to support you. And to have all not only the community here, the local dance community, but mm-hmm. also festivals from around the country support us. Recently, and, and as far as Los Angeles, a festival in Los Angeles that's coming up in August, they're they're behind us, which is amazing to see. That it really is. Isn't it? Isn't it crazy how when you start something like this, how much people are willing to give? It is. You know, I mean, it sounds. It's it, a testament. It sounds kind of cliche, like oh, obviously, but it's not as. I mean, I don't find it as common as you think. It, you create something with a great purpose. And for me, I always talk about motives and purpose in all of my episodes. I love it. It's one of the most important things for me is having, you know, having a powerful why, having a powerful purpose and motive behind what you do. Um, and I feel with, with the reason why you're doing this event, people can see that. Yeah. People can understand it and it inspires them and encourages them. And they're like, you know, you know what? I'm willing to give 100%. This is... Such a great event, such a great cause. And at the end of the day, nobody on our organization team takes a salary. So everybody puts in tons of hours to put this event on, and they do it out of the kindness of their heart. And I think that's one of the amazing testaments to not only our organization team, but our community. Because I I don't take a paycheck for this. I do this simply because I want to. And I've been there, and I've struggled, and I want to do my part to help be a part of the solution to save kids from cancer. So... And just like everybody else, I feel like, you know, you as well, you just want to be a part. You just yeah. want to help and give. And I, I, that's a testament to the, the humanity behind us. I think, I think it's very important, you know, what, we live, I think we, we live in a world where there's so many, um, you know, materialistic things and, you know, all, you know, even social media and all, where it's so dependent on all these things. But I always say when you, when you die, you're not taking any of this with you. Right, it's true. It's, it, it, it's you know? true, and it's. I love doing these kinds of things because I'm like, you know what? I, I want to help and give as much as I can because I can impact as many people as I can in my life. And I know when I die, I, I I did something great in my life. And that, I mean, what better than that, right? And at the end of the day, we're all gonna die. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's one thing about life is, I guess, once you've you've faced your mortality. Uh, you you're very special because you know how precious life is Mm -hmm. and because of that like i don't i'm i'm not going to ever care about uh having a million dollar house that's just not something i'm interested in and once you realize how short life is you're willing to um you're willing to do things out of the kindness of your heart just because you, you care and you want to help other people. Like you are willing to make connections. I'll give you the shirt off my back just because, you know what? Why not? We're all people. We're all yeah. struggling together. We're all connected. We're all here. And if I, and <laughs> I the give, same pain and I joy. give, yeah. you give, and it's, it's, all, it's all groovy. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome powers, I'd say. So on, on more of a, I wouldn't say, more of like a, a business perspective or, you know, nonprofit um, the, you know, the Balakut is a nonprofit. Yeah. So Hit me. we we lo- we want to expand Balakura. Yep. So what are your thoughts in terms of what are your goals in terms of how you want to expand Balakura? I know we talked a little bit about this internally, but you can kind of share with everyone. So we started. So last year was our first year, um, which was honestly an amazing turnout. 
Uh, we were able to donate uh, almost $13,000 to UNC after the event. And um, we had, what, 200 people at our, our first charity gala and had like 10 dance performances with people spinning on, on people's heads and uh, workshops and it went four days and it was great. And so we moved it to a hotel now. So it's all going to be at the Sheraton Imperial minus Thursday. Thursday is going to be at Carmen's Cuban Cafe for our pre-party on Thursday. Um, but we want to make our gala bigger. We want, I think we can fit up to 330 people this year. And so I want to fill the room with 330 people. Because last year, one of the things that I heard the most was... I think there was how, more, by the way, but that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Um, but the one thing that I, that I heard from everybody was that they were truly moved at the gala. They, from the flowers that we gave to Lulu from, from Balakuda, to the performances, to the speeches, to uh, Lorelai, the young little girl that, mm -hmm. well, is a can that is a cancer yeah. patient and being treated at UNC and telling her story. And I, all those things wrapped up just truly impacted people. There was a feeling of people were crying at the gala. People were laughing. People were happy. It, it was a full range of emotions. Yeah. And so that's, that's what I think makes us special. And that's what I want to keep. And that's what I want to instill as we get bigger. And I want more people to come. I would love to, to expand to different cities. I would love to um, franchise. I mean, there's so, there's so many opportunities and ways to grow. That honestly, I'm still trying to figure out in which direction are, are we going to. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, of course it's step by step, but I think this is something that can not just go nationwide, man. I think this is a, I mean, it could be a, a, a big global movement. Because who doesn't love the dance? Exactly. And this is perfect. So I'm going to stop there. So the next question. All right. Dancing. Yes. It all impacts us. I love it. It's you know, the we foundation all dance, what, of Three, it. four days a week. Salsa, bachata. I love it all. We're dancing. Zoom, bazook, all that. Uh, hip hop, I love hip hop. Uh, <laughs> so, with that being said, dancing and the impact it has in our lives, how do you feel with you? You've been dancing for years now, and combining that with going through cancer and overcoming that, what impact has it had on your life? And how do you feel it'll impact people that will join the you know the dance community? So everybody has a reason for dancing. Yeah. Some people do it for me. For me, for instance, is I wanted to start getting out and stop sitting at home and sulking in my own, you know, whatever. I wanted to get out moving. I wanted to, you know, meet people again. Um, some people want to do it because they want to lose weight. Some people also want to, you know, do it to meet friends. Maybe somebody wants to find a romantic partner. Um, there's indefinite amount of reasons why people to join. But at the end of the day, once you get out dancing, you there's so many people that just fall in love with it. Because it, I'll give you a specific example. Yeah. Um, I could have a horrible day at work. I mean, just a big frown on my face. And I can go out dancing that night and I don't have to say a single word to somebody. And in one song, the smiling, the, the connection, the, just the fact that you know, you're, you're com connecting with somebody else. I don't even remember why I was frowning before that. And I'm just smiling. There's very few things in life that has the power to just take everything that was bad about your so day true. and just forget about it. And it you're just happy. And at the end of the day, like we just said earlier, that's the point of life is just to be happy. Bad things will happen in life, but dance is an amazing outlet for you to find happiness as well. It really um, so much stress. And that can come back to even the prevention. I mean, yeah. how many studies – we don't know that for a fact, but how many studies – have there have, have there been on um, you know just researchers and scientists saying stress can I mean it's highly it's correlated. A killer, it's man. highly correlated yeah. in the literature that's that stress constant stress is very detrimental to your health. Now I don't know if stress will directly cause cancer. However, it it, it is definitely shown that stress is is very detrimental in the long run for your health. You know, I, um, you remember when I, I hurt my foot, remember, yeah, months yeah. ago and everything, and I couldn't dance for like three months. I'm like, this <laughs> the killer, sucks. isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and you're watching everyone dance, you're like, man, but how did I get addicted to dance? This is just, this is insane. But that also makes you think, man, like, I'm so happy to, to have found it. And just, I wish I was doing it since I was a little kid. You know, I started three years ago dancing, you know, salsa and bachata, but 
man, it changed my life. So I really hope people can, can and I think any, any type of dance, it doesn't have to be you know, Latin, yeah, but any type of Latin. dance can really change your life and it can impact, impact you and just really stress and you know, help you uh, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, everything. I, I think it's, it is a very spiritual thing. Dance is very, you're connecting with somebody else, even just for just a few minutes. It's very powerful. Oh, for sure. And I mean, I'm, I'm going to speak specifically about our dance community, but uh, there's, it's so warm and welcoming it is. and yeah. people tr- truly care. And that's, and it's, it's, it's amazing to, to find that all in one community. And so, um, you know, one of the other uh, side goals of Bailacuda is also to get people that have never danced before or don't know about our dance community interested in the dance community and bring them in because it's changed my life. It's changed your life. Why not show other people? Maybe it will change their lives positively as well. Love it, man. Well, I hope people can can uh, start to dance a little bit, man. At least at least learn learn more about it, um, especially here in the Triangle. I mean, how many? We have probably over three thousand dance. Ma- I mean, it's a huge community. You would never think that. You would never in think Durham, that. <laughs> man, there's a lot of dancers here, but amazing teachers and a lot are part of the Balakota committee. So it's great, man. So to close things out, I always ask three questions before we talk about uh, more of the event, uh, kind of the dates and everything. Okay. How do you define failure? How do you define entrepreneurship and how do you define success? How do I define failure, entrepreneurship, and success? Yes. Okay. Um, so this is my gut reaction. However, I would say that, that failure is when I have given up on something without exhausting all options. So I would like to make a distinction between failure and uh and something that that didn't work out for you, right? right? Um, because there's things that aren't going to work out. Not every relationship is a success. If you're single right now, then honestly, you have a hundred percent fail rate in a relationship at <laughs> this point. Um, and you know, I, I say that jokingly, but what I, what I mean by that is there's things that I've quit on before, and I I have regrets about them. I really do. Um, but by doing that. And having experienced that regret, it has taught me that um, things don't work out, but I'm going to give it my damnness to, to try to make sure it does. Right. Um, and so for, failure for me is not something not working out, but it's it not working out and due to the fact that I didn't give it my all to try to make it work out. That's um, and I... I I think that's the most important piece of failure, or, or that's the po- most Im- important piece of trying to understand what really is failure. Um, entrepreneurship. This one's a little tricky, and hey, yes, I'm, you're an entrepreneur. You started this thing. I, I, yeah, I, I am an entrepreneur. I keep telling you that. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I think everybody in life has passions. I, I, everything we do is is it stems back to what we're passionate about. Um, it might be dance, it might be you're passionate about marketing, you might be passionate about a certain product, you might be passionate about concrete. I mean, there's so many different things you'd be passionate about. And entrepreneurship is, is spreading awareness about your passion. It's connecting others with your passion. Now, that could be selling a product, that could be a business, that it, it could be for lawyers. You, you could be a lawyer that, that it, your passion is... Uh, to help defend people or prosecute people or whatever. Um, for me, it, my, my entrepreneurship, it stems from my passion and, and connecting others with dance, using the power and passion of dance to, to help for, with cancer research and, and taking care of, of cancer patients. Um, so for me, entrepreneurship just stems back to your passions. Um, and success, um, you know... Now that I think about it, success is a little bit more harder to define than failure. But it's very subjective. Yeah, it's very I mean, subjective. I guess everything is. Um, I, I don't know. Success for me is is very elusive because I don't. I don't. It. It. There's no. There's no tangible. This is the end, and you know I've achieved success. For instance, by La Cura. You know, we had a very successful first year, but as soon as the first year ended, what did we start doing? Preparing for year two. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a it's a train, and as it continues, even with medical school, you know, we'll hopefully, you know, get accepted and then um, one day complete four years and become a doctor. But 
as soon as you get an MD or DO or JD or whatever your degree may be, is that success? No, you're just starting the next part of your journey. Um, for me, get, becoming a MD is not success. Success for me is helping patients. So, and that's it. And, 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 yeah. and that's, that's not a, a – there's no tangible line where that success can be drawn. It's just it's, – it's flowing throughout the rest of my life. Until my last breath, I will continue to be successful as long as I give all my efforts possible to – with my passions and it goes back not to giving you. up I was say that. And, and trying to help as many patients as I possibly can. So, um, yeah. Perfect, that's, man. Yeah, that's, that's kind of... Love it. <laughs> so, all right, let's talk about Balakuda, September 20th through the 23rd. Yes. Go all out. <laughs> that Thursday through Sunday. Um, let's see. We are bringing amazing artists. Um, we had amazing artists last year, and we're bringing some amazing artists. Uh, we have Junior and Emily that were on America's Got Talent. They're mm-hmm. returning. Um, we have Eddie, Tor- Eddie Torres, excuse me, the Mambo King. Uh, he's going to be coming with his wife, Maria. Um, we got Brandon and Michelle from, uh, I believe she's from Connecticut and he's from uh, Portland. Uh, we got Vladdy and Carla, a famous bacha- international bachata couple. Um, Victor Hernandez with Spirits in Motion. Uh, Luis and Victoria, Latin Swag from DC. Um, Brad Messia. Uh, Luis and Jess with uh, Alma Atlanta. You can see that you know we're hitting so many major cities across the United States that are all coming to support yeah. our event. And by the way, um, people don't know who these who these uh, performers are. They're very very well known. Like they're dance influencers. Let's just call them that. Right? <laughs> That's how to say. It. Uh, these but, people are professionals that have been dancing most of them for over a decade. That that travel globally. around the globe to to teach and perform and share their passion. Right. Um, then and also I got to give it up to our local dance community oh, as yeah. well because you know our local dance community are the people that that stood behind us from the beginning. So I got to give a shout out to um, Aura Dance Studio and and Triangle Dancers with um, Jenny Geska and Annie Velez and uh, the Cobo Brothers, Wendy and Rodrigo. Got to give it up to the man Beto um, Norbeto Herrera with Mambo Dinamico Dance Company. Um, Wilmington Latin Dance, JP Dance, uh, Somos Mambo, uh, even even Tanya from the Mambo Room, um, Amber Caldwell, who's now running uh, the ISA Dance Project Worldwide in, in Raleigh, Durham, North Carolina. Um, then we we're bringing in DJs. I'm I'm sure there most people who dance or listen to bachata has heard of DJ Soltrix. He's going to be DJ. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Um, we got also Mario from New York that's coming, DJ Guelas, uh, Christian Sola, Lorenzo, Hare, um, DJ Mike Aranya, um, Alex Rodriguez. And then I definitely have to give it up to our local DJs that have just taken over Latin Vibes Entertainment with uh, Julio, Mike, and, um, and yeah, it's uh, – it's we have so many people that are coming. Then I also have to give it up to uh, we're, we have Yami Dance Shoe Company. They're going to be coming and they're going to be selling. They have, their, their shoes are absolutely impeccable. So they'll be vending at our event. They they um, as well as Energy Flow Activewear from um, Crystal. She'll she'll be selling her her awesome products. And all the everywhere I see girls are wearing her clothes. So it's it's crazy to see in, in less than a year how, how much. Um, she's progressed and spread. And then I also have to give it up to our sponsors. Um, our first platinum sponsor, Bell and Howe, um, a company out of uh, out of uh, Research Triangle Park. Um, they they have stood behind us last year and this year. And then Imaginovation, y'all have stood behind us from the beginning as well. Uh, you know, I mean, the list can go on and on. But not only do we have amazing dancers, we and have Jimmy B. And, yes. I, <laughs> I recently found out that uh, Jamie Valvano will be Huge. our keynote speaker um, from the Jimmy V Foundation. Uh, she heard about her our event through one of her friends that's a, oh, a dancer as well. And she wants to be involved and be sponsoring the event. And, and it's, it's amazing to see everybody kind of jump in behind and, yeah. and support. Um, super humbled. Really am. But yes, we between vendors and sponsors and artists, 
Uh, I, I honestly just I, I'm so ecstatic and so I can't wait to see see what happens this year yeah. on the 20th through the 23rd. I think it's gonna be a great year, man. I really do. And um, if if anyone uh, wants to become a sponsor, uh, visit visit the website. Yes, yeah. uh, www. That's b a i l a c u r a n c. dot org. Um, there's tickets. All all our tickets are on Eventbrite. Um, we have. Uh, Tickets to the festival itself that includes the workshops and performances and the social dancing. Um, and then for the gala, the gala is a separate ticketed event. That so, was amazing. Um, we have spon- the sponsor packages include both gala tickets and festival tickets. But if you don't want to buy a sponsorship and you just want to attend the gala, we have a separate Eventbrite uh, link for just gala tickets. Um, we have each table seats 10 so you can get an individual and let us know who you want to sit with sit with or you can um, get a table table ticket and go in with 10 people and save a little bit of money either way um, definitely can't wait to see how many people all the people that show up to the gala and can't wait to see the amazing performances that we have we have we have a couple surprise ones i will not talk about it now <laughs> but i am so stoked for some of the performances that i really think that is just going to wow people um wow our attendees but in addition to that i just want to i just want to thank everybody from the beginning you know including yourself michael yeah man no problem thanks for thanks for the opportunity and um being part of the committee has been uh, you know such a, a blessing in my life and um you know just Great to have you on here, man. Thanks, thanks for taking the time to be a part of this. Really appreciate it. And, and guys, really, um, I hope you can share you know, this episode. And um, I hope that you can be inspired from it and, and, and encouraged. And um, just know that we all, we all go through different struggles and obstacles in life. And, and we're all here together. And um, we're all here to fight it together. So just never know. Just know that you're, you're never alone. And, um, yeah, we're always here. Always great people around you. So get, get the support from, from your family and friends and your community. So... Matt, thanks again, buddy. Really appreciate it. And again, everyone, this is Michael Giorgio, your host from Tales from the Pros. And until next time, peace. Hey, guys. Thanks a lot for watching Tales from the Pros. Please subscribe to our YouTube page and also follow our social media. Uh, There are links somewhere around here. But uh, we really appreciate it, guys. Thanks for all the support. And I'm going to be giving you awesome content continuously. And we look forward to seeing you soon.